18, the Bible says, Study to shew thyself approved unto God. Don't just show yourself. Shew yourself. Live by example. Study to show, shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Father, we pray today that you'd illuminate our heart and our mind. Help us, Lord, to stay in the confines of the truth of God that you'd allow us, Lord, to, to preach and teach this, this afternoon, this evening. We pray, Lord, that you'd open our hearts and help us all, God, to be in one mind, one accord. Lord, I know when your people get together in one mind and one accord, great movements of God, fire of God, wind of God, power of God is present. So, Lord, I pray whatever might be distracting our hearts and our minds would be gone. Lord, we want to pray for those who aren't with us that would be here. Uh, some are sick and not able to come. Some are out working the storm uh, down in Florida. We pray for their protection. Pray, dear God, for others who have uh, just missed church. And we pray, Lord, you convict their heart. But Lord, thank you for every soul that's here in the house of God. Help us, I, I pray, to be your servant, to feed your sheep and your lambs. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. If the Lord would help me for a little while, I want to teach on this thought tonight. As you see there on page number 51, it's hard for me to see the page. I've got so many notes written on it. But on page 51 in your book, and I hope you're right outside in the margins of your book, you'll see that in the top part of that page, it is on devotions. Lesson number five, principle of the Christian life to do or have devotions. I want to spend just a minute, just a minute by way of introduction on what devotions are not. Your devotions, that devoted time to pray, seek God's face, read his word, that should go on every morning of your born-again life. You say, preacher, I do better at night. Well, you're going to have a hard time convincing me of that. Everything in the world has happened during the day. Um, most of the time at night, you're tired, you're wore out. And if you find yourself nodding off, uh, maybe, like, maybe not you, but I find myself, my, my freshest, when I give God my first moments of my day. And uh, man, it, it, it seems like I'm fresh, I'm up at morning. I, I may not have even slept good, but before I try to face man, I have first sought God. And, and David said, hey, I will seek the Lord early. Here's what the Bible says. Seek me early and ye shall find me. I, I, I don't know when you do your devotions, but I'm telling you, you need to do your devotions. Now, what, what is what, what your devotions are not? I, I wrote outside in my margin, what, what are not? The latest fads that sweep in Christianity on the internet is not devotions. Getting in the Bible is your devotion. Seeking God's face in prayer is devotion. Now, I'm going to say some names, and it's going to, uh, you know, ruffle some feathers maybe on the internet. It ain't going to mess nobody here. But for instance, I'll just give you an example. Man, sometimes people will text me and they'll say, hey, you need to check, check out Jonathan Kahn. I mean, man, he's a rabbi of a messianic. I'm going to tell you, listen, y'all look up here and listen to me real good. Jonathan Kahn tries to say that America has replaced Israel. 
If you take his books and his ideas and ideologies to its furthest point, there's going to eventually be replacement theology. That's unbiblical. And uh, that is not, listening to what he has to say is not devotions. Here, 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 here's what one other guy, and a lot of people's got real big in General Flynn. They, they, they make a lot about General Flynn. Well, he's going up and down all these churches, and man, he's going to evangel- evangelical churches. Yes, he is. He's going to John Hagee's church. John Hagee's a double married preacher. Amen, preacher. He'll go over and preach for a double married preacher. Says he's a God-called preacher. But here's, here's, what, here's what General Flynn said. A pastor or a priest that cannot stand at the pulpit, nowhere else in the world, they cannot stand in the pulpit and preach the Bible without the United States Constitution. Now, y'all know me. I'm a, I'm a soldier through and through. I love my country. But I'm going to tell you, God did not call me to preach the Constitution. And for a man to say that you can't preach the Bible unless you preach the Constitution, something's wrong with that. Is everybody okay? Well, he's got some things right, and maybe he's got some things right. I know he's probably got some things right, but I'm going to tell you, you got to watch the latest fads that sweep in the Internet. That's not devotions. Searching the Internet for Internet preachers, that's not devotions. What is devotions? Is getting your Bible, getting your, hey man, getting them knees sore from seeking God's face. That's devotions. We need to learn the importance of reading and studying the Bible. So I want you to notice why we study. It's on the bottom of page 51. It kind of gives you a good explanation. Uh, talked to Anchor one time about learning to fly. Austin talked about learning to fly. Uh, I found out if I learned to fly, my wife wouldn't fly with me, so there wasn't no sense in me learning to fly. But, hey, I, I, I can take off, and I can keep that thing going. It's the landing that I got a problem with. I, I don't think I can, it'd be hard to land. But you can't fly a plane, it says right there in page 51, without learning how to. You couldn't build a computer from scratch without somebody showing you or having some kind of knowledge. You can't do anything. So as a Christian, what makes us think we can live a life that would be pleasing to God if we're not digging and studying in this Bible? We, in order to live for the glory of God, we need to study the Bible. Would y'all say amen? Notice with me, right outside of your little margin there, if you will, there is a command to study in our text. This word there defining the study. Notice what it says. This word study is not just a word that has to do with book learning. Not just, not, just, not just an activity of opening a book, but it's life learning. It's learning what the book says and then putting it into practice. I remember one time was at Fruitland. Don't, don't throw nothing at me. I started there. And at that time, Brandy Kilby was there, and it was a great place. And I, I, I remember being at, at Fruitland, and one of these preachers, now I'm not going to call his name, he's not preaching now, and I sure don't want to give the devil no credit, but this preacher came up to me, and he had this Bible, and I, I like Bibles, I believe me, I like Bibles. He come up to me, had this Bible, and he said, what's this? He rolled the Bible cover up, let it go, and it went right back. 
He, he rolled it up, went right back. He lived by half wicked, but he was bragging about what kind of leather his Bible was in. And I looked at him. I don't know, something come over me. Might have been flesh crawling up my leg. Might have been Holy Ghost coming on. I don't know what it was. But I'll tell you what, I believe it was right. I said, you know, the best leather, you could put that Bible in a shoe leather. Somebody say amen. Amen. Quit. We can't just book learn it. We have to life learn it. Would you all agree with me right here? So defining the study. It's, it's defined in verse, in verse number 15 in the first word, study. The word study, you'll notice, is a command. He does not say, if you feel like it. He just makes a blanket statement, Paul writing to that, that, that young pastor at Ephesus in a compromising world, among compromising clergy, among cold churches. That's where we're living in 2022. And he said, listen, you need to study. And that word study is a, it's a command word. He doesn't say, if you feel like it, study. He just makes a blanket statement. The Holy Ghost inspired him to write, hey, Christians, preachers, men and women of God, study. Not, it's not a debate. We are to study, and that word study means not just book learning, like I said, but it also means life learning. Notice this, the defining of the study, but notice the design of the study. I believe it's threefold design. Notice it's in our text. We're, we're, when we study, we are seeking to attain sanction of God. Here's what I mean. In our text, study to show thyself approved unto who? Who are we trying to get a sanction from? Are we trying to say, study to show yourself approved under the Southern Baptist? Absolutely not. Amen. Does it say, study to show yourself approved under the independent fundamental movement? No. It says study to show thyself what sanction are we trying to attain. We're wanting to find approval to God. That's what God wants. It's the design of the study. It's threefold. In other words, we want God to be pleased. He says study to show thyself approved unto God. But then not only is there an attainment of the sanction of God, there's an avoidance of shame. He says, he says study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman, that needeth not to be ashamed. Avoid shame. And, and, and so when we think about this, Brother Jerry, what, what are we talking about? Don't get caught up. I, I hesitate to use this example because it's, it's my family, but I, I don't know what else to use. It's my family, so I'm going to use them. I remember the first time we tested our children up at, uh, the classical academy. We, my wife homeschooled and we had somebody else outside of our family test them to give us a better understanding. We didn't want to sway the test or sway them. So we had this classical academy. She's a very intelligent lady, smart lady, good lady. And you've got to be pretty quick. You've got to answer 50% just out of your mouth. 50% of this Princeton test was verbal, 50% is written. And the boys always knocked it out. I mean, they were seventh, seven years old, and I, I'm not even going to tell you how good they are because y'all think I'm just trying to say, I mean, they were knocking it out of the park. But they always got low scores in one area. You know where that area was, brother, Charles? They called it worldly knowledge. 
that. They said, how many dwarfs does Snow White have? They said, well, I don't even know who Snow White is. I said, "Woo! thank you, Jesus. Is everybody okay? So, so, so when we say avoid shame, don't let people, men, mankind, shame you for what you don't know about the world. Don't, don't let them shame you for what you don't know about the twisted versions of Scripture. You, you don't have to know all the counterfeit theology to know truth. Don't get caught up in apologetics when you don't even know what's approved of God. When, when we, when we hear, hear this word to show yourself approved unto God, here's what it means. Brother Childs mentioned it earlier. It means to stand inspection. Don't be embarrassed because you failed inspection. In the military, man, you didn't want to fail inspection. So here's what it means. Who's doing the expecting? God is. You don't want to stand before God and be ashamed of what little bit you knew. Is everybody with me? So he's saying here, he says, we need this sanction of God. We need to avoid shame and the presence of God. The workman that needeth not to be ashamed. But notice there's a third fold design of study. And that's the right, that's to analyze scripture. It, notice what it says in the text, rightly dividing the word of truth. The preaching and teaching, amen, the living out of scripture must be done correctly. We need to be zealous and earnest and dedicated in what we preach scripturally. We need to preach the word. We need to stand on the word. We need to teach the word. It is the word of God that, just like babies desire milk to grow, saints who have been saved desire the milk of the word and the meat of the word that we can spiritually go. In other words, you go down here and you go to Burger King and you get what they call food, and, and you put it in your body, and it's probably some nutritional value, and, and you, you get physical nutrition, you get energy, your uh, body metabolizes it, it becomes energy, but you can't go to Burger King and get what you need spiritually. you you got to get that from the books. Everybody with me? So we analyze the scripture, but the word there rightly divide, here's what it means. Y'all have heard me use this. It means to plow straight. So sometimes, sometimes when, when, when you study the scripture, they, these new ideas come out of the Bible college. And, you know, these guys, that they've got a little degree after their name. They'll come to you and say, well, did you know? I call them saplings. And, and then there's these old folks uh, that I, I, I cherish my elders. Don't, don't get me wrong. But there are some people who, who believe stuff based on tradition that has no biblical standing and has no biblical value. And, and, and they used to be a shouter and they used to be a tither and they used to be a churchgoer and now they ain't nothing but a stump. You've got saplings in the way and you've got stumps that used to be trees in your way. Here's what the word divide means. It means drop the plow, put her in high gear, mash the gas, and plow right through the stump, right through the saplings, and keep your row straight. 
That's what the Bible says. He want, he's telling young Timothy. He said, don't be diverted by false. Don't be diverted by false teaching. And we're going to get to it in just a minute in this same context of the chapter. He said, plow straight. Don't let some new thing pop up get you to swerve in your row. Don't let some old stump that used to be a tree swerve you in a row. Drop the plow, mash the gas, and plow for the glory of God. And oh, I feel like preaching right there. Somebody say amen. 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 So... There's a defining in our verse. There is a design of study. Three things. Remember I said, to attain the sanction of God, to approved unto God, to avoid shame that is under the inspection of God that needeth not to be ashamed, and to analyze scripture, right scripture, rightly divine the word of truth. But then notice, notice this. Not only the defining of the study, the design of the study, but when we talk about why study on verse on page 51, we need to also remember we need to defeat false spirits. Why do we study? We need to know what's right and what's wrong. Jonathan Kahn says, I wasn't even going to mention his name because some of you inevitably are going to look him up on the internet tonight and probably ain't never seen him before. I wish you wouldn't. Most Christians can't, I'm just going to say all Christians need to do a lot of praying before they start reading his books. Listen, the devil can transform himself as an angel of light. He's got ministers of light. People can tell a whole lot of truth and get, the devil quoted scripture. Are y'all getting this? Don't get, so what? He's got something right. He, number one, he calls himself a rabbi. And the Bible said, call no man a rabbi. That's what the book says. Ain't but one rabbi, ain't but one master, ain't but one master teacher, and his name's Jesus. Amen. Yeah, man, preacher, preach on. Is everybody with me? Man, I, need, I feel like I need to stay there, but I'm going to go. We need to defeat false spirits. Now, you can go back to 1 Timothy chapter number 4, but we're not in that text so in our, in our context, look down at verse 16. Why do we study, look at verse 16. Thirdly, to defeat false doctrine and false spirits. But shun profane and vain babblings. The word that profane means wicked, ungodly, lascivious. Un, that's turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, vain babblings, empty babblings, uh, have no profit babblings, amounting uh, to nothing babblings, for they will increase unto more and God. Man, I, I, I don't know why it keeps coming up. Let me just say this. It's a sad day when Bible-believing, church-going Christians will just click and donate and click and donate and click and donate and then buy their children a $1,000 phone and can't even tithe. Somebody say amen right there. And then when you deal with them about it, oh, they just want to get mad and leave and try to act like they're leaving because God is enlightening them to leave. Somebody ought to say amen right there. No, no, we need to describe, we need to be able to point out false teaching. Not only do we describe what's right and what's wrong, but look at the defilement. Look at the defilement. And their word will eat as doth a canker. You ought to look at, you ought to look at that little phrase, that picture. Here, here, here's, here's what it pictures. It pictures a wound 
and, and a flesh-eating bug attaching itself to the wound and eating it and devouring the body. That's what false teaching will do. It'll sneak in and get on one hurt person and go to eating and devouring the body of the local church. You better watch that. Hey, man, we got to study. We've got to, hey, man, we got to divide the truth rightly so that we can defeat heresy. Somebody ought to say amen right there. It'll defile. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what, I love this. People say, preacher, you shouldn't name folks. Well, then tell the Holy Ghost that. Because the Holy Ghost names them in verse 17. He said, their word will eat out to a canker. Whose word? Well, I'm glad you asked, the Holy Ghost said. Let me just call them out. Hymenius and Philetus. Who, verse 18, concerning the truth of erred, that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. He said, I'm going to tell you better watch the doctrine of them false teachers. Amen. There's a danger of false teachers as it'll cause folks to be overturned in their faith. They'll kick out of church. They'll quit going to church. They don't like what the preacher says. You can always tell when something happens like this. They'll say, well, you know, preacher, we, we love you. But, and we don't agree with everything you say. Well, most of the time, most of the time, when they don't want to pinpoint something, here's what they're meaning. As we don't like you plowing our tater patch, amen, and you've took our taters and put them in the deep fryer, and they've come out, they come out french fries and, 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 and tater chips, and, and I'm ashamed because everybody's seeing our... Preach on, preacher. I'm trying to stay in teaching gear, amen. Jay's back there provoking me, saying amen, amen. Are y'all, you got to watch that false teaching. It'll creep in, and it's creeping into churches all over the place. I could, I mean, I tell you, I could name a bunch of churches right now that, that started out old-time Holy Ghost preaching, and, 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 some, and they may be preaching the King James Bible, but there ain't no spirit. It's deader than a hammer. And, and not just that, it's the little defiling of scriptures has become to creep in. And if you go to, you take that Reformed theology to its end, I'm going to tell you what you'll, you'll go to denying that there's a pre-tribulation rapture. You'll go to, you'll go to saying some people's predestined to go to hell. I'm going to tell y'all right now, he taste of death for every man. Man, I need to go on. I'm going to hey man, I feel some gunpowder coming up my leg. Hey man, so we need to stow ourselves approved unto God. God is pleased when you rightly divide the truth. Look on page 52. The only way to learn what the scriptures say, can anybody tell me how to do that? Got to read what? The only way you can learn what the scriptures say, you got to read the scriptures. The only way you can memorize scriptures is you got to memorize scripture. Preacher, I can't remember scripture. Yeah, but you remember how to tie your shoes? You remember how to crank your car? You remember how to jump your car off if, if the battery's dead? If you memorized anything, you can memorize scripture. Is everybody okay? Hey, man, I bet I could ask them and mamas right now. How many ounces of Tylenol do you give your kid if they got a fever of 105? I bet you they can quote that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's exactly right. I bet you got memorized what kind of ammo you need for your deer rifle. Somebody preach on. Yeah, man. What I'm saying is you can, you memorize stuff. We need to commit it to memory. Hide the word in our heart that we might not sin against God. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thine to thy word. Amen. As newborn babe, desire the sincere. How'd you get saved? By the, by the engrafted 
it? Word of God. How do we grow? By the Word of God. How do we learn? Studying the Word of God. Well, look down on the bottom of page 52. Not only why do we study, the command to study, amen, but notice this, why do I study the curriculum of what to study? I've already mentioned it. You say, well, preacher, you've already said the Word of God. Yes, but look at page, look at page 52. Look at the bottom there. The key to learning the Word of God is to study right things. You can potentially waste hours studying and never learning the important things about the Word of God. What is that? Doctrine. Now, if you were to take 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, Miss Connie was here. Matter of fact, Miss Connie at the old church, you sit on the right-hand side, didn't you all? Okay. Michael, believe it or not, sat in front of the church at a sound booth. Remember that? Had the desk right here. Y'all remember that? Remember that, Miss Keish? He's sitting at the desk running the sound system. You're talking about awkward. Everybody now, look, when the sound messes up, they look back at the back. Man, all you had to do was look over at Brother Michael. He didn't lie. It was just how the sound was set up. And he, he, I remember he used to sit there. And, and the reason I'm saying that is he was there, Miss Connie was there, and there was a group of people that took up a pew. And um, I was preaching a series of messages on sound doctrine. And I, and I did it from the pastoral epistles of First and Second Timothy. And if you look up First and Second Timothy, you ought to write this outside, what curriculum that God gives us to study in the Word. He wants us to know doctrine. Now, doctrine's not dead. Doctrine stirs your heart. Anything, doctrine is what you believe. Doctrine is the truth of what you stand for. you got to know doctrine if you're going to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. If you looked up First and Second Timothy, there are 12 times the word doctrine is in those two books. I mentioned it the other day, I think that's... In just those two books, Brother Jerry, there's 12 times the word doctrine... One time doctrines is used, and that's talking about that's talking about the concerning the doctrines of devils. But twelve times the word doctrine referring to God's word. Paul is is telling Timothy, if you're gonna pastor a church, if you're gonna grow a church, if you're gonna if, if you're gonna study, then what you need to study is the simple doctrines of the Bible. Now Say, preacher, what are some doctrines of the Bible? What's the curriculum? Look on page 53 in your book. Look on page 53. It's not all inclusive, but it's, it's, it's a bunch of them. Um, I need, uh, where's Davey at? Davey, I need you to go back to Miss Rhonda's and get that big green uh, book, that big 1828 Webster's Dictionary. Can you help him out, Miss Rhonda, and bring it up here to me? Notice, notice right here on page 53. It is essential that you have a firm handle on the key doctrines of the Bible. Do y'all agree with that? Can you say amen? All right, look over in 1 Timothy 4, 16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Y'all have heard me quote this, I don't know how many times. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing so thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Did y'all hear that? Let's just flip over. 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 16. We're on page 53, filling in the blanks. 1 Timothy 4, 16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the... Continuing them for in doing... 
Thou shalt both save thyself and them. Doing what? Thank you, son. All right. So, studying the doctrine, continuing them. So here's what you do. Here's doctrine, and here's me. By studying doctrine, I conform me to look like doctrine. I don't conform doctrine to look like me. Doctrine does the conforming of me. I don't... Let, let me explain. In, in, in China, there is... I, I don't know where it's at. There is some cave, some cave network, some place. Supposedly, there's 10,000 Buddhas. I don't know if somebody counted them, but that's what they say. And here's what they do, Brother Nathan. Everybody travels over there, and they find, wow, that Buddha looks like me. That's the one I'm going to worship. They, if people come from all over the world to find the Buddha that looks like them to worship. No, that, that is, that's not Christianity. That's not, no, God, I'm glad God don't look like me. We'd be in bad shape tonight. Christianity conforms us to look like the sun. Amen. We don't try to change the Bible to look like us. That's what Virginia Melenkoff did in the non-inspired version. Amen. She tried to change the Bible and the language as an English professor that had the last manuscript before it went to print. She took out things that were harsh against sodomites and put things in that were easy on sodomites and put her... So the NIV is a sodomite Bible. If you got NIV, you got a sodomite Bible. Pat yourself on the back for having a sodomite Bible. I mean, Biden would love having... I mean, they, they got people in administration. They don't know if they, him, she, it, it, her, what. I mean, they don't know what they are. And they putting them in... Babylon Biden is putting them in office up there. Is everybody okay? It ain't right. Somebody say amen. Do I need to say it one more time? Anything that God says is good, amen, reproduces itself. That's why you know two men together ain't good. It ain't right because they can't make a baby. Somebody say amen. Amen. Trees reproduce. Dogs reproduce. Female and male. Amen, preacher. Amen. Take heed unto thyself and unto what? Doctrine. Continue in them for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself. Preacher, what's the point? Studying doctrine and, and then looking at my life and saying, man, I don't measure up. Let me change this, this, and this because I want to look like what God's doctrine says. My beliefs should match his doctrine. Don't, God forbid, I try to change the Bible to suit me. Is everybody with me? See, here's... Here's John Hagee. He'll say, it's wrong for Christians to get a divorce. He, he can quote the Bible. He ought to know over where it says, a pastor and a bishop and an overseer and an elder should be the husband and wife. He divorced one guy another. 
Now, if you if you got a divorce and you're remarried, hey, here's what you need to do. Get forgiveness, go on and serve God. That's, that's all right, go on and serve God. It don't mean you can't serve God, but you can't be a pastor. Somebody ought to say amen. That's exactly right. I believe that's right. That's Bible, ain't it? That's, that's King James rightly divided. Say, so what can I do? What can I do to study? Look in page 53. The Webster's 1828 Dictionary describes doctrine, what, whatsoever, whatever is taught, a principle or position that is laid down as true by an instruction or instructor or master. Jesus and the apostles laid down very clear principles of doctrines in the Bible. Does, is, are y'all with me? This right here is an 1828 photocopy facsimile of a dictionary. Now, if I don't say it later, let me just go ahead and say it now. You need to get one of these dictionaries. And you say, preacher, why? Why do I need to get one of these? Well, they got it on the app now. If you can't buy one, get an app. Why do I need this? I'm glad you asked. Let's see what. Do y'all believe that the a definition of marriage changes over time? Let's see what the original 1828 dictionary says about marriage. And uh, you can look it up. I'll give you, this is one time I'm going to say it's all right. Go ahead and take your cell phones out and, and just look up marriage and, and see what happens. It's, it's going to probably pop up Oxford Dictionary. That's what populates. Sometimes it'll pop up Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Anyway. Amen. Uh, marriage. Let's look up marriage. Let's just look at what marriage says. Maybe I should have done looked it up. Okay, here's marriage. Watch this. Watch this. Y'all ready? Here's what Noah Webster, the first 1828 Noah Webster. Y'all see that? Here's how he defines words in the English language by your King James Bible. Watch this. Marriage. Check this out. I don't know what your phone says, but I'll guarantee you your phone don't say this. The act of uniting a man and a woman for life. Preach on, preacher. Let's see what else it says. Wedlock. Y'all know what a lock is, don't you? Okay. The legal union of a man and a woman for life. Marriage is a contract, both civil and religious, by which parties engage to live together in mutual affection and fidelity till death shall separate them. Marriage was instituted by God himself for the purpose of preventing the promiscuous intercourse of the sexes, for promoting domestic felicity, for securing the maintenance and education of children. Marriage, he quotes a Bible verse, is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. Hebrews 13, a feast made on the occasion of marriage. Watch this, another Bible verse, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a king who made a marriage for his son. In a scriptural sense, the union between Christ and his church by the covenant of grace. That ain't even all. I'm just, just going to quit right there. That's why you need an 1828 dictionary. Because you won't understand what some of these words are in your King James Bible unless you have one of them. And it depends on what age your dictionary was published. Whether he's going, If you want to know what this King James Bible, you need this dictionary to understand this King James. Is everybody with me? 
Here's a partial list of doctrines. Look on page 53. And I'm not going to read them. You can read them there for yourself. You say, preacher, how can we go over all these doctrines? Does everybody know the church website? LIBCLandrum.com dot O-R-G as well. Also, LandrumChurch.com Go on there about the church. Go there, what we believe, drop down menu, what we believe and why. I think it's A through V. We don't, we never have put whatever, X, Y, Z. I don't know why, but we got A through V, okay? There's hundreds of scriptures that explain the doctrines that this church holds to. Ultimately, what we believe in why says, the King James Bible is all we believe in faith and practice. And then we break down some of those very doctrines right here. What we believe about salvation. What we believe about repentance. What we believe about hell. What we believe about the Holy Ghost. What we believe about justification. All of that, that all the, you say, preacher, here, here, here's what you could do as a family devotion. Go to the website, print those pages off, and go through one each week. Man, get your kids grounded in the Bible. Somebody ought to say amen right there. Basic doctrines need to be learned, need to be taught, need to be shared, need to be preached, need to be... Hey, when you sit down you ought to, at the dinner table, you ought to talk about it. When you rise up, you ought to talk about it. When you go to bed, you ought to talk about it. You ought to, you ought, it, it, it ought to be a part of your speech. And, and listen, I'm not, I'm not saying you can't talk about other things. I, when you come to church, hey, talk about anything you want. But when it gets to be church time, you ought to have your mind geared on going to church. Y'all follow what I'm saying? I'm just going to tell you something I saw the other day. I have my nine millimeter. Can't remember if I have both of them or not. But I have the nine millimeter. No, actually, I'm sorry. I had it my 380. One church got me about 10 years ago. I had my 380 in the car. Hollow point. Police grade. I thought, man, I could do it. I could, I could, I could shoot this deer. I didn't tell y'all about that because I'm, I'm thinking on doctrine and preaching tonight. But now that I'm already in the gear, let me tell you about what I could have done. I could have got me two deer last night. My wife could have been shouting tonight because she had deer in the freezer. I seen a turkey the other day going out. Jared and I seen it. I had a beard on that thing about 12 inches. And I like talking about it. I love, hey, if you want to go shooting guns and throw basketballs. And, man, we went visiting last night. We played basketball. We threw football with one of the boys went and visited. Hey, I'm all for that. But when it comes church time, our mind ought to be on church, not on jokes. Somebody say Amen. We need to understand the book. We need to talk about the book. It ought to come up once in a while. What we believe, why we believe it. Children, hey, this is what we believe about salvation. Is everybody with me? Let's look at your Bible in Hebrews chapter 5. <clears throat> just flip over there if you, don't, if you don't know these verses. Let's just flip over there, okay? Hebrews chapter number 5. I love Hebrews 5. Matter of fact, you want, you want, you want me, let me tell you how to blow them free willers out. Look over here at Hebrews chapter number 5. Let me tell you how to blow them uh, tongue flappers out. Let me tell you how to blow them Church of Christ in the moment. Let me tell you how to do it. Here it is. Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 9. Just first off, say, hey, do y'all believe the Bible? Here's what they're going to say. Yeah, I believe everything in the book. So I'm glad you said that. Look at verse number 9. 
And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Did y'all see that? Now, I'm just going to let y'all in on something. I'm just going to let y'all in on something. Ecclesiastes says, what God does is eternal. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away. The only salvation that Jesus authors is eternal. Would y'all agree with that? You know what? Eternal has no beginning, has no ending. Oh. Wait a minute, preacher. Wait just a minute. Wait a minute. Are you one? No, just hold on a minute. In God's mind, he exists outside of time. He created time for us. God exists outside of time. Let me... He's in our tomorrow, in our yesterday, and in our today. He rides in the front engine and the caboose and in the middle. Are y'all with me? He, 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 <laughs> woo! Hey, man. John said, woo! I seen palm branches. You know who that is? He saw me and you. Booty. Hey, he saw you waving palm branches and singing. You won't sing now, but you will then, praise God. Hey! You going to sing in. Have a salvation unto God. He, John Dunn saw us. Here's what Paul said. He said, now y'all can't get a hold of this, but we're set in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And not just in them heavenly services, but we're half here and half there. You could literally say, that's why we ain't all here. <laughs> Amen. I'm, I'm catching up with myself. Are, are, are y'all... It's a preacher, wait a minute. I, I, I'm saying... Here's what I'm trying to get you to see. God offers eternal salvation. It has no beginning, has no ending. But here, so we can comprehend it. Here, here's, see, God, do y'all, would y'all at least believe this? He knew everybody's going to get saved before he ever made Adam. Do you, does anybody believe that? Okay. He doesn't force you to get saved. That's Calvinism. He doesn't force people to go to hell. That's Calvinism. Is there, is there, that's hyper-Calvinism is what that is. It's not Charles Spurgeon Calvinism. He said, he says, save the elect and elect some more. So he's not like today's kind of Calvinism. So, but, so we can comprehend it. He says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have what kind of life? What kind of life? In John 3, it's also called, guess what? Eternal life. In the mind of God, it's eternal. In our understanding, it's everlasting. That means there's a beginning, but has no ending. On our end, there was a day we got saved. Hey! Now, God said, before the world was, I already died for you, booty. Before the world was, I died for you, brother child. Before the world was, I know you're going to get saved, Nathan. But to you, and your comprehension, it's everlasting life. Now, God's a perfect gentleman. He understands everything. He knows everything. He's not limited by everything. You say, well, preacher, if that's so. Now, do y'all believe this? That he tasted death for every man. Do y'all believe that? Y'all do believe that, right? Y'all believe that whosoever will, so let him come. Y'all believe that, right? It's a whosoever gospel, but it's not a whensoever gospel. You got to come when God convicts you. You got to come when God draws you. You can't just get saved because you, well, I've just decided I'm going to get saved. No, you can't decide nothing. 
You're dead. A dead man can't get nothing. God has to speak supernaturally to the dead. And ye who are quickened, we've been made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. I'm, I'm hanging up too much on salvation. But are y'all getting what I'm saying? You need to know the truth about salvation. You need to know the truth about doctrine. So look at Hebrews 5. This is a great chapter, I'm telling you. Amen. We need to know what the doctrine says. Let's look at Hebrews 5 verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again. <laughs> you have time, you have, you have need that one teach you again, which be the what? First principles of the oracles of God and become such as have need of milk and not of meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but, he, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now there was a time when I was growing in grace, and I should have probably already been off the bottle, but I was still on the bottle, and I was eating a little bit, and my pastor loved me enough, even though I should have been on meat, he fed me a little, enough milk. To get me on the meat. Are y'all with me? I, I believe we've got to keep it down there. We've got to have a little bit of milk and a little bit of meat. God wants us to have both. But eventually, we should grow in doctrine and in understanding of doctrine that we can get off the bottle and start getting milk. Here's milk is what comes from the cow, and meat is the cow itself. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's why I don't understand why people are starving in India. I mean, they got ribeyes walking on four feet over Y'all know something? They think it's grandma. They must have lost their ever-loving mind. They, they think grandma's over there walking around on four foot and they're starving to death, Brother Jared. I don't understand that. Hey, man, if you starve, it's your fault. By the way, this ain't in the measure, but it goes right here. Why aren't we sending $40 billion to the Ukraine when we got the veterans who have fought for this country that are starving on the street in Nashville, North Carolina? Anyway, somebody say amen. I never have figured out. Here's I, I forgot what it was. I don't know if it's 38, 380 million or, or, or Austin, you looked it up one day. Ain't there like 330 million people in America? Is that right? It costs them 380 million to build the website that, for Obamacare. You want to tell you what kind of health care I need? Give me a million. Let me put it in the bank. That'll take care of it. If he'd have gave everybody, is everybody okay? It's preaching time. I don't mean, it's in there. Amen. Hallelujah. And we got to know this truth, brother. If we don't know this truth, they're going to deceive us and they're going to be robbing our very freedoms. Three things God instituted. Freedom family, and faith. And he said, we wrestle not against principalities, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Say, Satan and satanic forces are going to be working in governmental forces and places of authority and leadership to try to control the three things that God established. He established after the flood, he established human government. Was, it, was everybody, that's, that's biblical. He established human government. He established the home and the garden. Y'all agree with that? 
He, he gave us faith when, when Jesus came and died for us and now we're saved by grace through faith in ourselves. And the government and satanic forces are going to try to wreck the home, going to try to wreck the government and going to try to wreck our faith and they did it with COVID. Somebody say amen. And they're destroying and I'm going to tell you what COVID did. It showed us what's wrong with America. And that's why we've got to know these doctrines. Because things we need to fight for is our families. We need to fight for the fundamentals of our faith. And we need to fight for our freedoms and stand on them until Jesus comes back. Amen. Amen. That's what's wrong. Bunch of sissy men. Amen. Bunch of sorry preachers. Bunch of stubborn women. And a bunch of, amen, sorry men. Amen. And sassy children. That's what's wrong with America. If we'll get the men to be men, women to be women, children to start acting right, preachers to preach something. Amen. And get silver-loving politicians out of office, we'd fix this country. That's my, that's my political speech, amen. And I approve that message, amen. Turn over to page 55. You got to know doctrine. Why, preacher? Because the government's going to try to tell you what's a fam- what a family is and what a family ain't. We've got to know doctrine. Why? Because the government's satanic influence, rulers and darknesses, are going to try to tell the church when they can have church and when they can't. What the preacher can preach and what he got no doctrine. Why? Why you got no doctrine? Because they're going to try, try to control everything that this country was founded upon. Are, is, is everybody with me today? Page 55. The curriculum, the command. Page 55. How do I study? The course we use to study. The chart. How we chart our course, the course, the roadmap. Here's what got to have a King James Bible. Does everybody understand that? Put that on the side margin. KJB. Right up there, top paragraph, page 55. KJB. King James Bible. I don't like it being called King James Version. It's a King James Bible. Hey, Amen. You need an 1828 dictionary. That's about, that's at the bottom of the first paragraph. You ought to write that to your side margin. You need a Strong's Concordance. That's the second paragraph. You need to have a Strong's Concordance. Why, 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 why do you need to have a Strong's Concordance? I'm not saying I agree with every definition of the Greek and Hebrew as Strong puts it in that book. But you can take a Cruden's, you can take a Strong's, you can take Spiros Odiate, all that. Hey, if you want to do it, praise the Lord. But if you want to know what your King James Bible says, get you that right there. That's all you need. Here's, here's why you need the Strong's Concordance. Every word in your Bible is in that Strong's Concordance. If I look up the word lasciviousness, Every time it's in that King James Bible, it's listed on that page. So here's what I do. The King James Bible is its own dictionary. Did y'all know that? First mentioned principle is one of the interpretation principles of the Bible. So I want to know what the word lascivious means. So I get that strong concordance. The first time that's mentioned, I go all the way back to the first time it's mentioned. That's first mentioned principle. Now I found it. Let's just say it's on Deuteronomy 18, verse 1. 
Deuteronomy 18 verse 1, in the verse above it, in that verse, or in the verse below it, it will define itself every time in the King James Bible. If you don't believe me, try it out. If you find a word that stumps you, get you a strong concordance, find the first time it's mentioned in the Bible, go back to the first time, read in the context, and it'll show you what that verse, what that word means. Boy, ain't you glad. I thank God for the King James Bible. And if God's good enough, hey, let me just say this. I had a big debate up at Fruitland. This was the last time they asked me to preach, by the way. I had a big debate up at Fruitland. Here's what they said. <laughs> they said, well, you want them King James Bible thumpers, ain't you? You want them holy rollers. And, that's what, and then I said, well, holy is, I want to be like Jesus. Rolling means I'm going somewhere. Amen. Bible thumper. Amen. Amen. I used to thump Budweiser bottles on the bar, but now I get to thump a Bible on the pulpit. Woo! Good change. I was going to hell, now I'm going to heaven. Good change. Is everybody with me? I was a drunk, now I'm delivered. Hey, Woo, God, boy, Lord Jesus, amen. I'm trying to stay in teaching you, Lord, hit me up. I went up there and I, here's what I said. I said, you know, sad thing. Do y'all believe the Bible? I always get them with that. Yeah, I believe the Bible. Okay. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. The Bible says, preach the word. Study so thyself proved unto God a word that he is not be shamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Then it says, preach the word. Now what good? Because here's what they say. They say, well, God gave the Bible in the originals. And we are a Texas recipient. We believe in the inspiration of the scripture. But they don't believe in the preservation of the scripture. And if God's big enough to inspire it, he's big enough to preserve it. Would everybody say Amen. For why would he tell us to study something that we don't have? Boy, that hit him. I'm talking about hair lipped him. I mean, I mean, honestly, I took two deacons with me out of my home church because I knew I might have to fight my way out of there. And I literally almost come to blows with some of them because they couldn't handle the truth. I said, you know why y'all can't understand the Bible? I can tell you that answer is in John 8. He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because you're not of God. You ain't saved. That's why you don't understand the book. Is everybody with me? The truth's the truth. This Bible is plain. Are y'all with me? I don't understand it all. That's okay. Read it. Understand what you can. When it gets to the place you need to, God will give you enlightenment. Is everybody with me? Study this book. Study this Bible. Here's what I said. What good would it be for God to tell us to preach something that we can't hold on to? I'm glad I've got the Word of God. I can study it and I can preach it. Amen. Does everybody say amen? Bottom of page 55. Okay, so outside on page 55, you should have top paragraph KJB. Bottom of paragraph 1, 1828 Webster's. Just quick reference. You can look over to the left and see it. You need it because definitions change, but God's word don't change. You need to have strong concordance. It'll help you find that first mentioned principle. It'll also help you to understand what words mean that you may not can understand. 
Then, at the bottom of page 55, you need to write outside of that last paragraph, Nave's Topical Bible. Now, if I remember right, if I remember right, I believe I'm right, Anna Jared. One of the first things I told you needed was a Strong's Concordance, No Webster Dictionary, and Nave's Topical Bible. My Nave's Topical Bible came from Bernice White. Anybody here know Bernice White? Man, she's a good woman. Hey, at Green Creek Elementary School, from kindergarten to sixth grade, it was in one school. And, and Miss Ronnie could tell you, she used to get on the intercom system and pray and read scriptures. Amen. Hey, Mr. Wagner used to tear my hind end up too. And them's two things that they took out of school, and that's why we're in the mess we're in. And that's why they can't get nobody driving school buses at Polk County. Somebody say amen. Because everybody act like a bunch of devils. Hey! Somebody say amen. Y'all know I'm telling it right. We need that Nave's Topical Bible. You say, preacher, why? Here's why. When I was preaching that series on, on, on sound doctrine as a young pastor, I wanted to know what the Bible said because I was no authority. I, my, babies, my babies were little. When I took the church, Jacob was one. On his, on his first birthday was April the 19th, and that's when I uh, took the pastor of this church. Austin was a little boy, and uh, we raised our kids where my wife could, hey, man, we, we tore their hind end up if they needed it. And, but, but my kids acted good in church. If they didn't, they got to switch. And uh, they didn't have 14 toys and 13 peanut butter jelly sandwiches and 16 co cookies and crackers. Somebody say amen. Amen. They never tore up songbooks. Hey, man, in Bibles, preach on, preacher. And they sit there and behave and act like they somebody. One day, and I, yes, my wife took them to the grocery store. Some of you ladies need to learn how to take your kids to the grocery store. Somebody ought to say amen. Took all four of them to the grocery store. They, they went in there. Austin, remember this? Y'all should go in the grocery store like kids did. Remember? I say, Austin, put your hands in your pockets. I mean, people come up and say, my God, you have the greatest children. I'm not saying they were perfect. But Austin one time acted up at Walmart, and I promise you he never did it again. One time. He tried to embarrass Daddy, and that was the last time. Now, I'm, I, I, I was... I was cookies and cream to what Austin's going to be. I, his kids are going to be, at Jessica, they're going to be coming in three years. I'm telling you, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, 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 we're going to have to come to Pappy and Mimi's house just to give them a little relief. Remember one time I wore him out. At, we, we shouldn't have been in Asheville anyway. God help. We was up in Asheville. Is that one of them? Nature stores. What was that name of that place? Earth Fair or something like that. You know you're in a bad place when, when there's a few guys and they got dreadlocks that look like 14 species of bugs is crawling in. You know what I'm saying? And they, you know you're in the wrong place then. And so we go in there. We're looking for some, you know, some food. And, and Austin's climbing on the, on, on the uh, dog food. And I just pop in. I said, son, don't be doing that. And a lady come up and had the audacity to ram my buggy. I rammed it back. I said, I'll teach my youngers. See, that's what's wrong. We got, we got Christians that act like a bunch of wimps. 
We got men and women don't know the doctrines of the Bible and so people can just push them around. They say, well, I can burn my incense and I'm going to heaven. We got to know what the book says and we've got a Bible right here. We got a Bible on how to raise our children. So I took that nice Bible. I, I'm, I didn't know nothing. I, I, I'm, I'm new at this. I looked up the word children. At the nice topical Bible, it says gift of God, heritage of God, the raising of, the guiding of, the discipline of. I said, wow. And all it is are scriptures. But you look up different topics. I need to know what God thinks about marriage. It'll say institution of, first wedding. I mean, every topic you can imagine. And this guy did this for those computers. He was a chaplain, I think, in the army. And, and, or Navy, or Army, I believe, and, and did this like in 1800s. And it's got every topic you can possibly imagine. And all it is is scriptures on how you can find what does the Bible say. You need to know what the Bible says. So when smarty, let's ram your buggy. You can say, hold on. You can raise your kids how you want to. But my Bible tells me the chastening of the Lord will save us all from hell. Somebody say amen. If they don't respect the authority they see, they'll never respect the authority they don't see and all God's people see. So search the scriptures. Plot your course. Second paragraph, page 56. Plot your course. Now myself, I like starting Genesis 1. I like what Brother Shiflet says. He said, hey, you want to start the New Testament? Y'all have heard me tell this story, but some of you may not needs to be said again. Rock of Ages Bibles. We give them out. Folks get saved. We give them to prison. We go to prisons. People get saved. We give them a Rock of Ages Bible. I love it. It's a great study Bible. Trusted study Bible. So boy, the paper's a little bit different on them ones we give out. And he said, I want one of them Bibles. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to smoke it. I'm going to use it to roll up to uh, rabbit tobacco, and I'm going to use it to roll up tobacco, and I'm going to smoke. I'm going to smoke it. And he said, I tell you what. Brother Ron McKinney said, I tell you what. I'll give you one knowing that you're going to smoke it if you read every page before you smoke it. He said, Deal. I give you my word. Six months later, we come back. Next time we come back, <laughs> he come up to him, tears in his eyes, said, I need one of them other Bibles. He said, Why? You done smoked it all up? He said, well, I smoked Matthew. Hey, man, I smoked Mark. I smoked Luke, but John smoked me. I got saved. I need everything. <laughs> Woo! That Bible's rich, y'all. I'm telling you, folks are getting saved if you give them the book. So when you, when you, when you want to tell them what you believe, give them the book. Opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody's got one that's full of trash, and none of them's pretty. Say Amen. Hey man, plot your course. <laughs> Some of y'all thinking right now, I need to check my belly button. Hey Amen. Hey Amen. Somebody says, well, preacher, I need, I read a bunch all I can. Well, don't do that. Slow down. Concentrate it. You'd be better off to read with understanding. A little than read a lot with no understanding. But you say, preacher, I can't, I can't understand nothing. Then you'd be better just to read it. Like Brother Rain said. <laughs> Brother Rain said, somebody come up to me 
He preached it here. Brother Larry Rain said, somebody come up to me and said, Preacher, I can't remember nothing I read. What's the point of me reading? He said, well, let me give you an example. He said, do you know what a spaghetti strainer is? Got a bunch of holes in it. I said, yeah. He said, you put that thing on the water, rinse it out. Does it hold any water? No. Little droplets here and there. He said, no, but when you put it in the water, it stays clean, don't it? I said, I like that, Brother Rains. I'm going to use it. I told him I wasn't going to tell. I was going to act like it came from God, but amen. I believe it did come from God, from Brother Larry Rains. He said, preacher, I can't keep nothing. That's okay. Keep it on those spout where the word of God comes out, and it'll keep your mind clean. Y'all know and I know we put so much in here that gets it unclean. We need some word of God to wrench it out every once in a while. So plant your course. Seek a course. Here's what I mean by that. Look at, look, look at the bottom. Matthew 4, 4 is highlighted on page 56. Be careful that you don't speed read, slow down, concentrate. It's better to read a little. But then look at the next paragraph. If you have a question about what you are reading, Write it down in your notebook. So plot your course. Have, in other words, y'all look up here at your preacher. Do, do y'all have habits? Do, do, okay, I hope you do. Do y'all have a habit of brushing your teeth? Well, that you said amen, Jerry, on your birthday. I'm, okay, do you have a habit of teaching your kids to brush your teeth? If you teach your kids a habit of brushing their teeth, you know why you do that? <laughs> I mean, number one, you don't want to pay for them cavities to be filled. But, but the second thing is you want some teeth in their head when they become an adult. And so you, you form a habit. Do it in the morning when you wake up. Do it after your lunch meal or do it at night before you go to bed. Am I right about that? Make a habit of coming to church. Make a habit of reading your Bible. Make a habit of praying and seeking God. All habits are not bad. We need some good habits. So make a habit out of it. Read, seek the course. And when you got a question, here's what I mean by seek. Counsel. Plunchy course, seek the course, then seek counsel. If you have a question, it says right there in the last paragraph on page 56. About, write it down. Talk to your pastor. Don't seek John Hagee's idea on it. Don't seek Jonathan Kahn's idea on it. Don't seek General Flynn's idea. Ask your pastor. Ask the place where you go to church at. If, if not, ask some preacher. Ask some lady. Ask somebody that you've got confidence in. Help me to figure out what my question is. I'm going to tell you this. You need to do that. So plot your course. Seek counsel. Commit it to memory. 66 books of the Bible. We've got one page to go. Y'all stay with me. 66 books in the Bible. Genesis, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, 66 books in the Bible. You ought to memorize them. You ought not have to go to the front of your page and the contents every time the preacher says, turn to book Malachi. You need to commit it to memory. I, 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 I'm just going to say this. Under the age of 15, who in here has got books of the Bible memorized? Let's say under the age of 18. 
Who in here has got books memorized? One, two, anybody else? Three, four, five, six, seven, amen. You need to. Boy, I used to drill it in the kids. I don't know if they still remember it. I think they do. It's kind of like riding a bike. If you ever get it in there, it'll come back once in a while. A little riding, she's lifting her hand. I bet she could probably, she probably don't, she probably knows Genesis. Amen. <laughs> but I'll guarantee you them sisters know it because I've had them, t- I've had them quote them to me. Hey, learn the book. Be able to know the book. Know whether something's in the Old Testament or New Testament. That's the least we can do. Look at all that God's done for us. Plot your course. Commit it to memory. And then notice this. Challenge. That's a bad word. Correct my word. Charge Satan with the work. Here's what I mean. When Jesus was confronted by Satan, you know what Jesus did? Pulled out the sword. Quote his scripture. It's the only offensive weapon in the armor of God is the word of God. We have the only, and, and by the way, the devil's, don't think for a minute. Don't think for a minute. I know, I know it seems like he's winning at times, but the church ain't going down, it's going up. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Would y'all agree with that? Stick with the book, charge. The one weapon you got, offensive weapon, charge with is the sword of the word of God. Would y'all agree with that? Do yourself a favor, learn it, study it, memorize it, chart your course with it. Seek counsel on it. Mm-hmm. Charge the devil with it. Now let's go over these page fifty-eight on your books. Brother Duane is going to sing, send that deeper dig, and Miss Keisha will sing the deeper dig to the ladies and men. But let's go to page fifty-eight. In order to live for God and please God, you must learn to understand page fifty-eight on the student activity. In order to live for God and please God, you must learn to understand. Say again. And his, what are the only three ways to learn how to understand the scripture? Oh, I, I got you now. Huh? Ver, number three, the key to learning the word of God is to study what? The right things. What is the Webster's 1828 definition of the word doctrine? We, we went over that. I'm sure y'all remember that. Page 59, you will also want to carefully those really great verses in your Bible for normal reading and studying purposes. The best place to start is in the New Testament, that's what he says. The main key is to get in the habit of reading your Bible just like a person needs to eat every day to stay healthy and grow. Christians need to eat of of God's Word every day. If you have a question about what you're reading, in your notebook so you can ask about it later. Father, we love you today. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the truth of the Word of God. Thank you for our study and the doctrines of truth.